Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to My Songs Suck, the show where we listen to bad songs from good writers. I'm Alex Smith and I'm a musician. I'm James Keogh and I'm the friend of a musician. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to My Song Suck. I'm one of your hosts, James Keogh. And I'm Alex Smith. Hey, it's good to be back. It is. And we have a guest with us. Ooh, who have we got? Well, why, why don't you introduce yourself, please? Hello, I'm Danelle Brooks, Queen of the Harpies, your mother's worst nightmare <laughs> from Don and the Mobsters. It's lovely to be here. Oh, it's very Thank lovely to have you. Thank for you for having me anyway. Absolutely. <laughs> now, and that'll do it for the show. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you You've brought... To us, uh, a song that you yourself have confessed is very, very bad, very cringy. Oh, mm. look, I didn't even realize. That's the thing. Like, um, I don't often listen to my own music. Mm. Um, like, uh, you, I don't know. You kind of put it, it's from 2011. Mm-hmm. So I haven't even thought about this in a while. At the time when I wrote it, I thought it was very profound. Mm. And then it wasn't until I was listening back to write down the lyrics for you for this show that, like, Oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm rethinking this whole idea, but hey, let's do it. In the email that you sent through, it was like, uh, here's the song, cringy, cringy, cringe, <laughs> like in parentheses. And then like, like, that's my way of saying, don't judge me. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I know <laughs> it's bad. So this will be fun. Amazing. Well, why don't we take a listen? Oh, yeah, um, let's rip off this band aid. What is it called? Uh, I've forgotten the name oh, of it. I'm no. so sorry. Oh, wait, no, I know what it is. It's in parentheses, oh. don't. Uh, cry for me. Don't, call me pretty. Call don't, me pretty. Don't call me pretty. Don't call me pretty. And I remember thinking when I made the title of the song, "Oh, I've always wanted to write a song with the brackets in the title." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the amount of thought that went into this. Good. Oh, well, yeah. is there is there anything you want us to know before we listen? Like any yeah. sort of like now bear in mind kind of thing. I think I've said enough. I think like I've said I don't like it. I don't think it's very good. Um, and then we can kind of break it down. This little train wreck once we hear it. That Let's sounds good. It. Let's have a listen to Don't Call Me Pretty. Do I actually have to listen to oh, it? Oh, yeah, yeah. In the studio, live. We're going to listen to this song. It's a genuine thing. I don't it's know if the audience know, but every time we actually do listen to it in the studio. Oh, it's amazing. Okay. <laughs> I was hoping you could do some movie magic here. <laughs> <laughs> Last time I and it's no one or him I was alone for two long years Baby, you're making me shy Last time I said, darling, you're the one Next thing I know, you was up and gone Baby, that made me shy Call me pretty, call me pretty And I'll do anything Say you love me, say you love me And you can watch me running Don't call me pretty, don't call me pretty If it don't mean nothing, you'll 
was call me pretty comma don't (laughs) how do you feel how do you feel about that um oh look with you guys here to hold my hand and support me through that that (laughs) Mm. wasn't so bad but like i don't know listening to it actually brought back a lot of memories for me because music does that you know yeah and um of course you know uh yeah (laughs) i i recorded that at sae one of my friends was studying there Mm. and uh needed someone to you know a song and record it so it was nice going in there and doing that. And um, yeah, should we talk about, you ask me some questions. I don't know what to say. Let's do it. <laughs> well, it, it definitely seems like a very accurate snapshot of uh, a period in your life. Like it, I don't, I don't know how to, like Zane gave a brief description of how it sounded like mm-hmm. it was from a, a teenage rom-com and that the, the girl had just discovered that things had gone bad with the guy and she was driving away in her parents' car. Mm. And it's so definitely... A, like a slice of the time. Hmm. Um, do you do you feel that it was a slice of your time? Your yeah, life, yeah, totally. Like, um, I, I've that's kind of how I write. I've hmm. tried writing like I'm, I'm a big fan of Tim Rogers and hmm. UMI. And um, there's a song Mr. Milk. He writes a song about a milkman who's in love with a girl, and he sort of takes you through this guy's day. 
Mm. And it's amazing and I love that and I've tried to write in that style metaphorically and I just really can't unless like the song is personal to me. Like that's all I can really write about. Yeah. So in one way or another, whatever I write is based on like my feelings and experience and Mm. yeah, but now I try to approach it a little bit more obliquely, I think, than like literally this is something that happened to me and I'm writing about it and oh, look, now the words rhyme. (laughs) I'm a songwriter. Like I try Mm. to be a bit more. That reminds me of um, in... Oh man, this is gonna sound super wanky of me, but in Amanda Palmer's book, uh, oh. The Art of Asking, <laughs> oh, here we go. Uh, she briefly comments how she and her husband Neil Gaiman have different writing styles. She and- Neil Gaiman. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, it's very cool. That's really cool. And they have um, their art blenders are on different settings. So hers is set to three, and when she like blends her life, it's still in big chunks, and you can still oh. identify it. Whereas because he's a fantasy writer, it's like set up to ten, so he's still writing about his life, but like. You can't lost in the tell, mix. Yeah, it's yeah. all lost in the mix. Oh, wow. So it sounds like uh, the Mr. Milk song is a bit more like, yeah. and you're, you're kind of still writing a bit chunky, you know? That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I love I that analogy. Cool, I'm a fan of a good it's analogy. A good That's a cracker. <laughs> mm. Now, see, the thing about this song um, mm-hmm. is that, like, I quite enjoyed it, you know, as yeah. a person listening to it, you know, listening to it for the first time however long ago when you sent it through. And, like, I was like, yeah, it's not too bad. Uh, you see, you don't seem to have the same sort of, thing for it you seem to just kind of react to it completely cringy what sort of stuff about it to you is the stuff that is cringy about this song Mm. Uh, I'm not really uh, I can't put my finger on it but like I can I can remember the exact situation and the reason I wrote the lyrics Mm. is like I saw a guy at a gig he was the lead singer of a band and I was just like love hard eye emoji (laughs) yeah I'm gonna tap that And, and I was like yeah if I'm gonna be with anyone it's going to be you. Mm-hmm. And so I like really set my sights on him and like pursued him and, you know, obviously didn't turn out that well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But then like, that's literally the words that I wrote. Like, I'm like, Oh, it's really lame to know. And yeah, I guess it reminds me of, I was a bit of an idiot when I was 21. And like you said, it's a slice of life. Right. And don't, you know, <laughs> admire 21 year old Danelle. So, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Actually, I really like the way you phrase that. Where it's last time I said it's no one or him. I was alone for two long years. Oh, two like, years! Oh, I'm, I'm <laughs> 21 and I haven't had a boyfriend for two years. <laughs> oh. I just I enjoy that. I enjoy that ton of phrase. Oh, well, thank you. Hmm. That's nice of you. Um, <laughs> uh, I was I was thinking like yeah, I do enjoy a lot of the lyrics. There are some. Uh, oh, or rather, how long had you been writing songs at this point? Um, to be honest, like like actually like whole songs. Hmm. I've been writing for like ages. Mm. I remember writing a song when I was seven, laying under the futon. Uh, like I used to lay under the couch and I'm a weird kid <laughs> yes. with my little notebook and like writing lyrics about Leonardo DiCaprio in Titanic. <laughs> yes, good. Um, Where are those tapes? We need to, we need to get those. All right. Out here, oh you know? man. I <laughs> uh, no <laughs> no. <laughs> um. So yeah, and I've always used to like make up little ditties and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um. I started playing guitar when I was about twelve. And first thing I did was I didn't even learn other people's songs. I started learning chords and making up my own songs. Nice. Um, so, yeah, I can't really answer that. Just hmm. always. I have a theory Ooh, as to why you might not like this song. Okay. Uh, let me hear it. It could be completely wrong. Let's get meta. But, uh, well, first I need to ask two questions. Okay. Here and they're go. both kind of the same question. <laughs> Who are your influences now? Mm. 
and who were your influences then? Uh, that is here we go. Yeah. Oh, that's very good. Um, <laughs> mm, you're right. They are kind of the same question because your influences don't really change. Mm. And I, whenever I think of like my early influences, I think of songwriters like Jewel. Mm. I used to listen to a lot of her. Um, I was really into girl pop band M2M. Mm. Um, uh, and then like I started getting into Aussie rock later. Like um, first album I bought with my own money was something for Kate Ecolalia. Beautiful album. Cool. Then I started really getting into like Powderfinger, Grinspoon, and sort of heavier rock sort of nice. stuff. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, I came from the sort of singer songwriter folkier stuff, mm. and then I sort of got into rock and and stuff a bit later. Mm. Yeah. Because um, I think one of the coolest things, like one thing I really love about this show, um, specifically, um, is my good coach James Kehoe. But no, but the other thing <laughs> is um, I really like seeing how people evolve. And listening to your music now with uh, Don and the Mobsters, you definitely have like a very definite aesthetic and it's like that cool, like swanky, bluesy, rocky kind of grungy kind of vibe. And you can you can hear that in the verses of this song, because when I first listened to it, because I had been I've been listening to your stuff and then I listened to Aww. this and I was like, oh, uh, this is this is nothing like that. How, how very different. And then I listened to them next to each other and I was like, this is a very this is like a very Don and the Mobsters kind of verse, like kind of dum dum dicka dum dum dicka dum dum dum, and then the chorus is like a chorus of another song that you've put on top of it. Like <laughs> ah. it's a very poppy, upbeat chorus, and I think that it's yeah, I think it's like very like I'm not gonna say cheesy, but just like it's very like poppy yeah, uh, kind of chorus, yeah. and I think it's not a chorus that you would write now. I think now you'd probably lean more into like the minor and you know yeah. Well, mm. I think. That has to do with the fact that I didn't know any music theory when mm. I wrote the first song. So I was like, I sometimes I used to write songs by like picking out random numbers. Okay, I'll go to fret four, I'll go to fret two. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> oh, that sounds okay. So I think, yeah, when I was listening back, after the first chorus, there's quite a pause because the two don't really like transition well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. And then, yeah, it definitely goes to the major in the chorus, right? Mm, it's mm-hmm. three major chords. So. I don't even know if I'd know how to play this song anymore. Really? Mm-hmm. Just busted out at one of the uh, one of the Don gigs. Oh, God, no. <laughs> yeah, I want to get booed off stage. <laughs> Unless my mum's there, she'd be very happy if I played this song. Like, you were saying that yeah, your mum likes this one. But you know, I could <laughs> I could fart into a CD case and my mum would buy it. Like, <laughs> did you Bless kind of, her. in your early days of songwriting? Were your parents kind of your audience your mum was you know kind of the person you were playing your songs to no, or? no I would never sing in front of my parents I found really? it insanely embarrassing wow. and even like singing my songs to my friends like I really wanted to do it because I was mm. proud of what I created but ah oh, man I used to get so much anxiety about singing wow it wasn't until I started like gigging regularly I used to go to this open mic up in Toowoomba that nobody went to so the guy that hosted it would just play for three hours like it was a gig oh no way and then i'd go there i'd be like hey i'm here again i'm gonna play a few songs mm, like nice. when i think about it it's kind of kind of i don't know he was a nice person to let me do that <laughs> yeah yes. but um yeah and, I, and then i just sort of i don't know if you've had this experience mm. like i had this like real desire to perform and like to sort of show what i've been working on but this extreme anxiety about it and yeah, it wasn't till I just made myself gig every Sunday that I was like, it got a little bit easier each time. Mm. 
And the music cafe, remember the music cafe? I do remember the music yeah. cafe. I used to go there, do my half hour set, get my free pizza and two beers. So. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, that, that was really important for me though, I think. like, Yeah, yeah. yeah. It gave uh, a lot of opportunities to young musicians yeah. that they otherwise wouldn't have gotten. What happened then, to the music cafe? Did it shut down? Shut down. Same oh, thing right. that happens to every venue in Brisbane, James. <laughs> it shut down. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's a shame. You're like, yeah. I don't. I, I feel like I've just brought down the whole thing. I'm just like, yeah, same to that. Shut down. Anyway, but yeah. uh, I mean, it wasn't a great venue, but like you yeah. said, you know, you got to start. <laughs> you got to start somewhere, and I yeah, don't know if there's true. anything that's like that around. Well, <laughs> I was gonna say the New Globe Theatre were like mm-hmm. that, but. Sadly, they, they shut, shut down. down. Well, yeah, yeah. No, but they didn't uh, have like the – so it's on Sundays they'd go mm. from like 10 a.m. Oh, maybe not 10 a.m., but like midday mm. through to midnight mm. and they'd have hour spots and you could just email Sandy and be like, hey, can I have a gig? Yeah, yeah. And like I don't – and it was like super casual, super easy. Mm. I don't think they do that. No. Yeah. They used to just, yeah, like crank out music. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Oh, well. So what, what – now, would you say is kind of the platform for people who are starting music in Brisbane? Where do they start now? Asking, you know, the million dollar questions. Uh, yeah. I don't know. If people come to me for advice, sometimes they do. I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, I just say to them, like, oh, if you want to get started, start off by going to open mics, meet some people, mm, mm. you know, get your chops up, so to speak, like, um, get your feet wet. Mm. And then. I guess for young bands, Rick's Bar, even for Soul of Us on a Monday or Tuesday, I guess Rick's yeah. Bar. Yeah, Rick's that's a good, good place to start. Mm. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm drifting between just like anecdotes and questions to ask and things about the song and oh, you have notes? Like, did you? Yeah. Oh, I, I always take notes. Oh, I very, don't have any <laughs> notes. Oh god, very fancy. No, neither interview. do I. I just okay. kind of play it faster than those. <laughs> yeah, to see how it goes. <laughs> well, uh, Tristan Rowley. Your guitarist. Do you know Tristan Rowley, do you? Yeah, he was guitarist in a band called Soul Simple. Oh, briefly. you know them too? Yeah, yeah. Tell me. Uh, Josh DeVetta and I were in uh, musicals together. Oh. And you were in musicals? I did not peg you as a musical ca- kind oh, of guy. I'm oh, very yeah. musical kind wow. of guy. <laughs> but um, yeah. The first time I ever yeah. saw Alex, I didn't even meet him, but the first time I ever saw Alex, he was in a musical. Um, with what, what a show it was. Yeah, it was a... It was quite a show. It was called Kidnapping for Jesus. And, um, it <laughs> oh, was, that sounds a bit sad, It was an actually. interesting show. But, mm. yeah, like, Alex is a very musical person. There you go. Well, thank you. <laughs> I did a musical once just to see if I'd like it or not. Did you? Yeah. No. Wait, did I? Did you like I it? I did it, yes. I didn't like it. I hated it. Really? Oh, oh, did you hate what it? Musical you're, you're a musical person. It was the... Um, the original Dusty, the original pop diva, the life of Dusty Springfield. Oh, I've okay. not heard of that show. I don't know that show. It's good. Yeah. I love Dusty Springfield's music, so I thought, yeah. hey, that'd be a good one. Pretty like, um, I just, I don't know. I found it, like people were really clicky. Oh, uh, yeah. I see. So it was more know, like kind of the behind-the-scenes be experience yeah. of it? Or, no, yeah. I liked performing, and that was mm. cool. I liked singing songs, but I don't know. I just, You know, my friend's mum uses the phrase PLU, people like us. Okay. And, like, I didn't find, like, I didn't feel like they were my tribe. That's all. Uh, sure. No, yeah. that's, that's true. There's Fair definitely... Enough. You can definitely find the musical theatre people when you find them. Like, you're just like, that's a musical theatre person. Yeah. <laughs> They're usually very loud. See, very but you nice. didn't answer the door with spirit fingers, so I just didn't have you pegged <laughs> right, as exactly. that kind of person. <laughs> so you went from oh, yeah. the early days of, of, you know, Don't Call Me Pretty, and now you've got your band. How did that sort of, what was that sort of transition like? 
Yes, to- well, to go back to Soul Simple, yeah. um, I went to JMC Academy, which is where I met Emily and Tristan from Soul Simple. Awesome. Um, and Josh, of course. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Sad, like I see that a lot in Brisbane. There's like mm. good bands that are getting around, and then they just like do a good thing, and then they they go away. <laughs> like Mr. Me Six, they've accomplished their <laughs> task, their and now. then they Solid. go. Solid reference. Um. So yeah, yeah. So I was like gigging around Toowoomba, mm. um, and I sort of made myself a promise. Like I really wanted to do the music thing. So I'm like, if I'm not gigging like regularly, even though I said I was gigging like properly, mm. by the time I'm 21, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to go study music. So I, yeah, went to JMC and it was the best decision I ever made because I was living in Gatton working on a a farm, not, you know, having a, like it was all right, but (laughs) (laughs) this is much better. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Nothing like working on a farm to make you want to go to university, I tell you. (laughs) Man. So you're, you're doing the music career now. Yeah. Yeah. I, um. That's the dream. You've done it. Yeah. Sometimes it's more like a nightmare. No, no, it's good. Like, um, so I play with my band. I do restaurant gigs, you know, for mm-hmm. a bit of restaurants and pubs, and then I teach a bit on the side. So, yeah, it's good. Like, I, I think I'm pretty lucky that I can make a living out of it. Yeah, it's yeah. not, um, not a lot of people get to do that. I guess. No, so. exactly. And you mentioned before we started recording, you were doing cruises and stuff as well. Is yeah. That right? Oh, I, that's cool. I play on a cruise ship sometimes. I'm waiting for my Christmas contract, please. Oh, yeah. The gods <laughs> of cruise ships. It's so much what's, fun. Yeah. What's that like? Is that so I assume you'd have performances in the nighttime or whatever that people come to, et cetera, just on the, on the ship? Yeah. Yeah. So that's we cool. play every night. <laughs> and, oh, no. Yeah, we, they hang us. They dangle us overboard. <laughs> walk the plank. It's unfamiliar ground for me. So I'm like, oh, so how does it work? Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, well, that's, that's, um, logical because sometimes we go to ports and especially at Morton Island, they always have bands playing at port. So right. you're okay. right, but yeah. it's not cool. bands from the ship. Yeah. Normally like during the day we just do whatever the heck we want. So go to the beach, go, you know, um, I've been to the Pacific Islands so many times and I've got a favourite beach there. Like, oh, good. Oh, it's nice. freaking amazing. So, And then, yeah, we come back and perform in the evening. <laughs> then we go down to the crew bar. We drink $2 beers. No way. $1.20 <laughs> amaretto shots. I don't know Jeez. if I should be telling you this. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. <laughs> and it's freaking amazing. I've met so many good people. Yeah, so, that's awesome. It always seems so scary because whenever I, because I, you know, it's, it would be cool to be on a cruise. Performing, but whenever I look, it's always like you must have four hours of covers to performance standard. These covers and like it's like a billion songs you got to learn. Wow, is We've it? Never, they've never like told us what repertoire to have. Really? Okay. Um, maybe that's the in-house band. We're the guest entertainers, so we just come on mm. for a week at a time, then we go away. That's cool. Some people are on for like three, or, uh, four or five months at a time, mm. but generally the it, they're overseas. So like people. The last band that was on was from Chile and then we met a duo from Argentina as well mm. and they're in it for the long haul. Like, oh, right. Yeah. We just, we're just the ring-ins. <laughs> so, you yeah. Just play Rolling in the Deep for three hours. <laughs> yeah. Good song. Set. Yeah, good. Just if you start again and someone's like, boo, just like, boo you. Yeah. The song's great. <laughs> you make think, do, do you really want to hurt me? <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, that's the good thing about being on a cruise is like, if you do a bad job, what are they going to do? Kick you out? Like they, you can't. You just, well, you're in the middle they, of the ocean. They have a brig. Do they? Yeah, they oh. do. That would also be so awkward, though. If someone heckles you and yeah. it's like, "Oh, you suck," and then you like see them next to like the buffet and like, "Hey, has, buddy." Has anyone ever t- said to you, "You suck" while you're playing a gig? Ever? No, but my audience are primarily my blood relatives and friends. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, <laughs> Have you ever gotten hecklers or anything like that? Like, yeah. is that a, really? But my dad raised me on a steady diet of Carl Barron and Rodney Rude. Good. So, <laughs> and I used to work at a comedy club. Oh so no! So you'd know. Just... I know all the all the zingers. Good nice. stuff. I know. I like being heckled, to be honest. Really? Depending on what mood I'm in, but it's better than like nothing. Oh, that's yeah. true. You know, yeah. like, I mean, at least you know they're listening. kind of engaging with yeah, it, I suppose. Right? Yeah. So. Nothing more soul-destroying than when they don't even look up from their damn burger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. like, please, God, this is my soul. Yeah, I know what you mean. Mm, or like, oh, yeah. So why Don and the Mobsters? Is it just like a this is a, a good brand thing that we could like have a thing? Or is oh, it just... I don't think like that. It's like, <laughs> I should, probably should. But no, we, um, so... This is, a, this is like weaving in and out of this story, but I went to JMC oh, and um, <laughs> met all my members of the band there. Mm. And then we sort of all get put into bands and we have to write songs and do gigs. That's like 25% of our assessment. Awesome. Mm. Sorry, this is not a paid promotion. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, and so we started or we just kind of got lumped together except Tristan. He was in another band. Mm. Um, was it so simple? Yeah. 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 No, 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 like we all changed around but. So anyway, um, <laughs> and yeah, it, it started out, Don and the Mobster started as a joke because mm. Don, the Don, I'm a bit, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, I run the show, I'm a bit of a boss, mm. bossy, <laughs> really. <laughs> you could take it either way. Yeah, so yeah, it started out as a bit of a joke and then like with the music that we started writing because I didn't really get into blues until um, it was introduced to me by my singing teacher. He's like, I reckon you'd smash them, Renee Gaya. Mm. She did a whole blues album in the 70s. Maybe. Um, and I'm like, man, I love white girls singing the blues. <laughs> I'm a white girl. I should <laughs> sing the blues. <laughs> so, yeah, and it just really fit. Mm. And then I thought, well, there's, you know, we can kind of, we were learning about marketing. I was like, mm. oh, we can make this a whole thing. Yeah. So, yeah. And if it's our image, like, I think. I don't know. Too late now. Yeah, I, I like it. I've I don't know if I've said it on the show or not, but I think that a lot of uh, the sp- I have said this on the show. Damn. Go again. Do it again. Here it comes again, guys. The I think a lot of the, of the spark story. that uh, a lot of the spark that I think some bands that aren't necessarily being as big as they could be is that they're not bringing any performance to it because mm. it's very easy. If, if we were to play music the way that you actually play music, we'd all stand still and we'd look at our hands. And we'd like mm. just play and we'd sing and we'd focus on our voice. But that's yeah. not like people can listen to a CD if they want that. They go to music and like they see bands because it's a performance. And yeah. I think that having like a, a whole thing that you can bring to it is the edge that gives you the edge on. Yeah, the that's people. right. Like music's so available now. Everything's at the tip of your fingers, mm. fingertips, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so fingertips. you're right. Yeah, you have to give people a reason to get off their ass and go out and see a gig. Mm. So um, when you were talking about that, instantly I thought about rehearsal on Thursday. That was two days ago, my God. Um, (laughs) And, like, I was doing, like, Instagram (laughs) stories. I'm obsessed with Instagram stories. And everyone was doing exactly what you were saying. Everyone had these faces like their cat just died and they're looking at their fingers. Mm. Yeah, Yeah, but then when we got on stage, um, did you just come alive? Yeah. Yeah. Because also the audience gives you energy. Yeah. And you give it back. So, yeah. It's good to have fresh people. Like every every time you're kind of like, yeah, this song's a bop. And when you rehearse like a million times, you're like, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
and then someone in the audience being like, yeah, and you're like, hey, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. It's easy to like when you do it so many times. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm. Yeah, mm. that's cool. Good to have an edge. Mm. Do you have? Because I've noticed that um, you have a lot of songs. Yeah. Yes. 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 Cool. <laughs> but um, you only have two on Bandcamp and one single, which we're lucky enough to hear uh, before it's come out. Mm. You, your face would suggest that I have not found the entirety of your discography. No, no. <laughs> Look, we need to clean up our back catalogue because mm. um, there's a few singles that are like on the internet that should not be on the internet. Because oh, um, right. we, we're recording an album at the moment. Mm. So mm. we had some recordings that we got done at JMC and we're re-recording some of those songs. And um, we kind of had a, a bit of a thing with our, our guitarist left the band when we'd recorded those songs, the one that was on Bandcamp, I Don't Need a Man. True, true, yeah. yeah. Um, and, like, it was freaking devastating to me because we were playing Valley Fiesta the next day. Oh, no oh, way. Fuck. Oh, man. So, wait, the day before you played Valley Fiesta? Yeah. Be- well, I didn't hear from him from the week before, and I'm like, oh, you better not. Because <laughs> oh, no. he just joined a new band, and he's like, it's okay, Ooh. you know, I'm still going to play in your band. Was that band in Valley Fiesta? <laughs> that band... The band that shall not be named is Wax. So he's doing pretty fucking well for himself. The, can I say this? Anyway, the you, kind you, soul you can say of whatever a man. You want. Yeah, like. <laughs> anyway, so that's fine. And then, yeah, so we had two shows to play. I had to play guitar, which like I do, but I don't like to do it in the band. Mm. Um, and then I was shit, trash talking him on stage. I told you that's the thing I like to do. Good. And then the sound engineer of that um venue yeah. was like hey i heard you're looking for guitarists i play guitar and then he joined the band and then he left oh, a week wow. before a fucking gig all the other guys have been great anyway yeah. i used to always joke with you and our first guitarist that oh we're, we're gonna replace you we're gonna replace you with tristan because he was like the guy at our university that everyone like admired his guitar skills yeah. oh, man. and like you and had a big uh, big boner for his fucking guitar skills so i'm like you're gonna replace <laughs> you with tristan and then i did but nice. yeah, there's a period there for like two years almost that we just didn't play together because I'm just like, oh, just can't be bothered doing mm. this again. Mm. Can't go through losing another guitarist. <laughs> so I did a solo EP. Um, and yeah, so we're working on an album now. Mm. That was a long answer to your question. I'm it was sorry. great. Was a good I love the story of it. The, the drama. The, oh. I had a good arc. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say that band. Is whack, and I was like, "Oh shit! <laughs> no, no, they're really good. That's what's really annoying." Oh, very, very rarely yeah. when listening to a band will I pick out one person on an instrument and be like, "Holy shit! Look at that that person go!" But yeah, fucking Tristan. Yeah, he's all right. Shreds. What a beast! Mm-hmm. A beast, James. Okay, <laughs> he's right. good. You've convinced me. Yeah, that's how I remember the name, and I'm bad with names. And I was like, "Oh shit! It's the dude." <laughs> Tristan, he's very good. You mean his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. I was like, even the band name. I'm like, <laughs> it's not that hard. I'm always to... saying it. It's yeah. not fucking Tristan and the Mobsters. Stop pulling focus. <laughs> also, this, yeah. um, I am both very easily impressed and very, very not easily impressed. And you have won the day because this <laughs> single is really, really well produced. I really oh, like it. Thank you. Mm, I'm getting uh, Arctic Monkey AM vibes from it. Which oh, I, cool. Mm. Yeah. And I love oh, that album. I'll, I'll froth That's on that weird. album all day. So good. <laughs> I'm going to have to listen to that. Because the focus track, when I was getting it mixed, I chose, oh, no, I just told him the album, the Kings of Leon album that has Sex on Fire. Oh, yep. I think it's Manhattan. Yeah. Is I, it? I can da-na, hear that. Da-na, da-na, da-na. 
Hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, yeah. I could hear the big reverb and the, yeah, it's like yeah. got the raw rock, but it's kind of got the polished sound too. Hmm. It kind of cool, It kind of sounds like like it. Like some some songs sound a little bit overproduced, and you're like, I am listening to a song, and sometimes <laughs> they're like, they try to create as if you're just in the back of a room mm. where like a sweet gig is happening, and this definitely sounds like like it, it really puts you in like a space. Did you yeah. did you record each part individually, or did you like record it live? Um, for one thing, mm-hmm. we're too lazy to overproduce anything, so <laughs> that's never going to happen. But no, we recorded in in the live studio room in um, QT. Kelvin Grove, they've got like oh, the new yep. studios there. On like the I've level seen five. Them. Dead, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Freaking great space. Um, yep. But we didn't record all at the same time, but we did all record in the same room. And a lot of the reverb sound, especially for the vocals, is the room sound. Yeah, yeah. So he chucked me, you've got this like big square room. So I'm like, this is a bad format for me. I talk with my hands a lot. Um, <laughs> but there's this like. The folks big at home room. aren't seeing this, but it's very great. <laughs> it's very good. <laughs> a lot of hands. It's um, great. Yeah, there's this big room and then the little antechamber, I'll call it. Mm. It's like um, oblong. So he put me like in the doorway. So I was singing into the room mm. and then he had like a room mic and then a mic in front of me. And the, it was a, what do you call the polar pattern? That's figure eight polar pattern. Nice. So oh, I went to uni. Hey. Hey. Um, and so it was capturing both my vocals and the that's room sound. That's fucking cool. That's a yeah. good idea. He's really, really smart, this guy. I like um, this guy. Uh-huh. He's got good ideas. I'll give you his number. Um, no, he, <laughs> <laughs> he's the singer in Ned's other band, my drummer Ned. They're mm. like a prog rock band called Therein. Mm. So he was studying his, I want to say honours in nice. audio engineering. They're so. a QT or? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. That sounds like an honours kind of idea. Fucking built-in reverb with yeah. a figure of eight mic. That's clever. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah. Some seasoned producer's going to be like, this fucking guy pressed <laughs> with nothing. <laughs> <day of>, yeah. <laughs> That's the yeah. only way to record on a figure of eight mic. Yeah. yeah. So. No, I don't know. I've always liked that idea. I think, oh God, don't quote me, but I, I think I heard something about the Who recording the drums for one of their albums in like a really big hallway with a huge. Yes. You know about this, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And like, I, I think Cameron is kind of like all about that kind of idea. It's like different ways to make things sound big mm, without yeah. plugging plugins and mm. software. You know, it's cool. I like the idea of like stuff that to the listener you know, who doesn't know about all this kind of stuff, you wouldn't even think twice about it. Mm. But, like, the lengths that producers and stuff like that are willing to go to to get a very specific, like, sound, mm, that yeah, kind of stuff is, is really, really cool to me. Like, cool. yeah, doing it in a big hallway or, you mm. know, recording this thing in this place with this setup because of this, this, and this. Having mm. reasons behind everything is really cool. Yeah. yeah, and it gives it, like, you know, a little unique sound, something that could be your own. Mm. Uh, that's the thing. Sorry, I cut you off. I want to record an album for like the way no one's ever done it before, like skydiving. Oh yes, from the, you know the hug, from a great height, and you just got to try and finish before you hit the ground. Or, I don't know. That would sound terrible. Hey, hey. <laughs> it but it doesn't Challenge accepted. It's rushing the wind the whole doesn't time. Doesn't matter if it Maybe sounds I'm bad. Maybe I'm in awe, but like... I don't know. I haven't really thought this. Through. I mean, I guess if you were like in a big square like plastic container, yeah. and like you were still falling. But like the sound couldn't escape, and like yeah. there was no rushing wind, that would also be terrifying. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. I, have, like, <laughs> I get <laughs> I get afraid when I wear like high heels that are too big. I'm so scared <laughs> of heights, so that probably wouldn't do. Do you remember when Regurgitator recorded an album in a plastic 
cube in Melbourne. Do you remember that? that was I like, think I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love stuff like that. That's yeah. super quirky. And then, it's cool. you know, the press release writes itself. Exactly. Because it, yeah. it kind of verges on like performance art almost, yeah. where it's just kind of like you're doing this really nifty thing. doesn't matter if the music is bad because you've done it in a cool way. <laughs> yeah, so it's yeah. fine. And you can make an out-of-the-box pun. Uh, <laughs> in a box. Uh, uh. All, <laughs> all I need is a cat and a bag as well, and then you're done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> writes itself. Oh, dear. Oh, so, yeah. I like it because it's like you said, someone who wouldn't who doesn't like know about the stuff mm. wouldn't think about it. Yeah. But they wouldn't notice it. You know? Well, yeah. It's yeah, people, there's not like a threshold, you know. I don't know. People know what they're hearing more than you give it them credit for, I guess. Yeah. But they don't mm. actively think about it. But I also mm. remember seeing a band, it was two guys with guitars mm. and they were playing with backing tracks, drums, strings, everything. Mm. And like People were really enjoying it. And then this guy said to me, he's like, oh, I can't believe the two people are making all that sound. <laughs> and then I like explained to him what backing tracks are and his mind was just blown. I'm like, do you see a drum kit? He's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so maybe. Yeah. You can How much credit do we give yeah, to the audience? Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's wild. That's I mean, wild. Yeah. <laughs> you blew, <laughs> broke that guy's brain. Yeah. Um, I think like, yeah, but like there's definitely – something to be said about songs that you can recognize from like the first two seconds because, mm. you know, they just, they've got that such a sound that, you know, it might be three notes, but the way it's played or the, the way it sounds, yeah. you know, it's mm. just instant, you know what that is and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I think a lot of more work goes into that as I'm learning through this podcast yeah. than, you know, you anyone would think about. Which is really cool. Yeah. You yeah. can also bring it back to songwriting. Uh, my fiance Tom and I play this game where we sing three words from a song and we have to guess what song it is. Oh, good. Nice. And, like, depending on what it is, like, you can totally do it. Mm. Um, yeah. And so I, I guess songs themselves can be just as recognizable, like the words or the inflection or something sure, like yeah. that. Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. That's what I love about music. Mm. There's so yeah. much room for expression. And I, I love the saying um, that I learned in copyright Ooh. class. Um, you can you can't copyright an idea, only the expression of an expression of an idea. Gotcha. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's kind of what music is about. It's like because you know love songs. Yeah. Yeah, you can't <laughs> copyright the concept yeah. of love songs. But yeah. Lucky. you know, people are always going to write them. <laughs> exactly. And it's just about, I guess, how creatively you do it. Mm. Yeah. How do you write these days? Because you mentioned with the earlier song, it was kind of very much you know, almost quote for quote your experience, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. What about now? How do you sort of formulate those ideas and yeah. stuff? Yeah, it's it's interesting. I go through like peaks and troughs in my creative output. Mm. And for me, I always have to be feeling something. Like I do writing exercises sometimes, but they never turn into anything that I'd want to keep. It's, it's sure. kind of, for me, it's like, it's like, I have, it's like lancing a boil. I have to get something out. Yeah. So I've go through. I went through an experience with a booking agent who was just a real piece of shit recently. Get him, drag him. Um, <laughs> Queensland Entertainment, please do not work with him. He charged oh. me. Not only did he not pay me for, I had to cancel a gig because I was sick. Mm. He charged me two hundred and fifty dollars. Ah, the gig that you didn't go to. Yeah. Oh what? Oh my fucking god! And then he's like, um, "Read it. It's in your contract." Blah blah blah. Anyway, so I'm like, "Oh, you're gonna be like that, are you?" Yeah. So he was like twenty days late paying me for another gig. And then it says in the contract, every day that uh, this invoice is overdue after 30 days, uh, the entertainment agency will pay you 1% extra. And I'm like, hey, read your 
fucking contract. Yeah. You jerk. Anyway, can you tell I'm <laughs> a bit them. bitter about this? Semantics. I this love, is love like, it. Yeah, well, no, he, he's like, I write contracts for a reason to protect myself and to protect the artists. Yeah. Protect the artists. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, don't work with him. A douche mm-hmm. canoe, to be yes. sure. <laughs> yes. Oh, you, what was the question? It was, oh, I think yeah, it was yeah. last <laughs> <laughs> you write songs. songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so basically, um, fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, so after that happened, I wrote a song about it and it was really cathartic for me mm, and that's sure. why I write. So um, so it's still always based on your own experience. And yeah, your own definitely. Sort of but yeah. then that song is like it's one that called Sister Mary. Mm. Which is it has nothing to do. I'm not like that booking artist is a piece right. of shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I cancelled a gig and he charged me for it. Hey, hey there we go. Hang on, let me write that down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> copyright, copyright, copyright. <laughs> so yeah, um, I, that's why I say I try to approach it a little bit more obliquely. Um, yeah. So some of the lyrics in that is like my father. Oh God, I hate quoting my own lyrics, but it's like my father said, "You got to sleep with one eye open." Mm. It's mm. like you got to watch your back because people will take advantage of you. So yeah. Hopefully, it's a little bit less, you know, no. transparent these days. Although, like you know, um, one of the things I really like about Tim Rogers is how he can elevate the mundane so well. So, mm. um, yeah, I, I love that too. Mm. So, anyway. Mm. Nice. Well, obviously, you've got this album on the horizon. Yeah. Uh, do you have, like, what's what's the next big step for you? Or is this, like, your primary focus at the moment? The, uh, the album is the yes. primary pro- yeah. focus? Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. I don't really know, man. I, like, I try. I think I'm just making it up as I go along. Like, we started releasing I these singles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I'm like, oh, I really want to release some music. Mm. But the album's not done. Ah, I got these singles. Like. It can definitely be really hard because making music is so expensive. And oh. so you're like, mm-hmm. 10, 10 track album, and you got like four of them ready. And you're like, oh, no one knows that I've been, <laughs> I got all this stuff. And yeah. Like, yeah. And yeah. Like, it'd been such a long time since we released anything. And all the stuff that was on the internet wasn't really representative of our sound anymore. Mm. Right. Mm. So, yeah, we put out these singles. And then next year, I think next year we'll have an album launch. I don't know. Mm. Is it like finding the balance between making sure people know that you're still around and also wanting to build up like enough of a stuff to like release at once? Is it like getting between like not just like, you know, taking a full year off where no one hears from you and then you release this album and yeah. like finding the balance between them? You don't them? want to Is lose that... your momentum. Yeah, yeah. Is that like a consideration for you guys? Definitely. I feel like we lost a bit of momentum when – um you know, when the guitarist, last guitarist left the band mm. and yeah, getting back on the horse last year was a bit scary. And I don't know when, when we first started, I just wanted to get some gigs under our belt because yeah. um, as my old teacher used to say, every gig is worth 10 rehearsals hmm. and it's so friggin' true. Yeah, like yeah. things you don't even think about and just, it's just ironing out the creases, you know? So yeah, we were just trying to get some gigs like I said, I make it up as I go along. Yeah. Oh, Cameron's Cameron's at uni doing his honours. Oh, I wonder if he can get us some studio time. Cool. Yeah, yeah. And then so we actually re- recorded three songs there at QT and mm. now we're in the studio with um, Byron Short. You know? Oh, I love playing this <laughs> game. Is so small. I know, right? Yeah. It's like whenever I meet a musician, I'm like, who do you know? We play the who do you know game. Mm. So. Byron Short from Sunset Junkies. Yeah, he's got a studio. Yeah, I heard you mention L.A. <laughs> Jane. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, he's got a studio out at Wynnum. Mm. Um, so he didn't he didn't do this track that 
we're going to listen to at some point. Mm. Um, yeah, but he's we're still putting those three songs on the album. So I was worried about it sounding a bit incongru- incongruous, incongruent. Um, mm. But I think it, it's it's sounding. Mm. I I've always felt that the <laughs> the thing in common is you, even if the songs sound different. Like even in these songs, not not this song you brought in, but like the songs in your band camp, like even though they were produced by different people, you can still hear it's you at the core mm. and it's kind of just like a slightly different packaging. Yeah. Uh, I think, oh, yeah. yeah. And it makes it all have its own unique thing, you know? It's like, this is this song and this song's different to this song. Man, I'm not really a good wordsmith, am I? Yeah. <laughs> you're in the wrong game if you need a good wordsmith. Give me six months doing? and I'll say something eloquent. <laughs> nah. Um, oh, I get, I get what you mean. Mm-hmm. Like, and some of my best bands have evolved their sound over time. Yeah. I think of... Like like I said, I'm a big fan of Aussie music. Grinspoon, I had their best in show album. And you think a song like Better Off Alone next mm. to Swedish Sugar. Yeah. And they're like, in terms of vocal style and arrangement, everything, they sound so different. Mm. And then Powderfinger as well. Have you ever listened to Powderfinger's first album, Parables for Wooden Ears? No, no I haven't. Really proggy. They okay. play in like weird time signatures and it's quite heavy as well. Yeah. And then you listen to, you know, Internationalist, which is just beautiful. Like, yeah, very... Um, melodic and everything. Mm. So, mm. but then even within that album, you've got songs like Belter, which is like quite heavy, and they've got an acoustic song that's played. Uh, Darren Middleton played an acoustic song on that album as well, and it's like chalk and cheese. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I'm proud of you. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and you know yeah. they're released. Uh, they're doing stuff now. Their Instagram's active at the moment. It makes Ooh, me so happy. Proud of you, back, all guys. You got the latest scoop. Loins. What I like about that is it shows that you can have this sort of public brand. And it doesn't have to be who you are, like, all the way through. Like, you know, you were just saying, yeah, with Powderfinger's first album, they were like this. But now you could, you've seen, you know, album after album, them change. And, them, and that's, you know, you see that for the Beatles, who started out as this very poppy. And then, yeah. you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. What I like is that it's never like, you know, you have the, the Your Man Alex Smith brand or whatever. And I have to write songs like this to fit into this brand. You can kind of change and evolve and grow with your audience, which is really cool. Mm. Um, It doesn't have to be like I've spent all these years defining what my sound is and now the rest of my career is this. Mm. Like, Then you get bands like ACDC. Right. If it ain't broke kind of mentality. So, yeah, there's room for both though. Exactly. And And you can get people who are like, they changed. I don't like their new stuff. Yeah, that's true. Which sucks. Yeah. Mm. Oh, uh, well, you know, you'd hope that your audience evolves with you. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Is your stuff, is your early stuff similar to what you do now or have you evolved? I... <laughs> Sorry, I haven't done my research. <laughs> no, Let no, me just... it's all good. <laughs> I mean, it's, I don't really know. I think I just learned to write better lyrics, mm. uh, but I kind of just goal, polished right? it. Like, it's all very similar, yeah. I feel. <laughs> like, for me, like, my songs are very similar, but I think other people might not agree. Yeah, I think, like, looking back, you know, your first song from the holy first albums batman when you were 15 oh. uh, amazing <laughs> so bad um, like you know <laughs> you, so bad. we can that say inspiration for, certain... for this podcast <laughs> yes <laughs> yes yeah we can say for certain you wouldn't write amazing again you See, know i i think that the heart of it is all like i'm hitting the same beats i think i'm just better at hitting them now oh, maybe yeah, yeah. You know? mm-hmm. would you agree with that like you're doing the same things you've just got better at doing it like better execution <laughs> maybe I'll take it. I don't know. <laughs> I used to just like, yeah, I guess my style hasn't changed. I've always mm. write mm. about like significant things in my life that have made me feel a certain way. Mm. Um, 
but I used to be really emo <laughs> and my feels were really sad. <laughs> yeah, so I guess so. That's interesting, isn't it? Mm. Um, yeah, sometimes like, ah, oh, and now I have a band to play with. That's that's a big different thing because like yeah. sometimes Tristan comes in and he's like, oh, I got this riff. That's what happened mm. with fandom. Actually, no, I said play something. <laughs> oh. we, do, we do a warm-up every, oh, not, not so much now, but. When we're getting to know each other musically, mm. being a band's like dating four people at once. <laughs> <laughs> I um, like that. That's funny. Yeah. Um, and the breakups are just as painful. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was like, okay, the key is E minor. Mm. That's not this song. Yeah. And then we'd kind of jam something out and I'd record it. And then if I dug it, I might go home and polish it up and make it into a song, refine it sort mm. of thing. Mm. And that's what happened with fandom. Um, he just started playing this bluesy as like dirt. Dirgy, no, not dirgy riff, but you know, it's a bit heavy. And mm. I'm like, damn, I like that. And um, he uses a Strymon reverb mm. pedal, and mm. it's just got this big sound, and it made, it made me feel like it kind of sounds vintagey. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, I like it. Those oh, fond memories. They always, they always made me think of, because um, I don't know whether it was just the 90s, but there was a lot more discos and just more dance events in the 90s. Uh, <laughs> how? I was there, but I was in primary school, so there were blue light discos. Is that what yeah, you mean? Yeah, I was about to say, like, <laughs> like, yeah, do you mean like what what kind of discos do you I didn't think you the mean? 90s was hugely disco. I thought it was like grunge. Oh, well, I guess like I not know. disco. Like, I don't know what you'd call it because it wasn't disco music. But yeah, like no. you'd go to a hall and there would be like like this kind of music. And it was always that kind of like the end of the night winding down that like because because there aren't as many bodies in the room, it mm. echoes a lot more and the music's still really loud. And it's just kind of really boomy, end of the night kind of ah, vibe. Mm. You know, I, I totally get that. And I think yeah. that's what I, I wrote something like that in our press release. I don't know. Like, um, yeah, it's like an after midnight kind of song. Yeah. yeah. And we recorded it late at night in the studio mm. too. So, oh, there you nice. go. Yeah. Maybe that's it. I don't know. Nice. I, I, I always. I think you I are thinking, you're to, you are talking about blue light discos, aren't you? Possibly. I was very young. Yeah, right. The like oldest pri- I could yeah, have been primary was school disco yeah. sort of school dances sort of thing. Or? Yeah. See, I meant I meant family events. Oh, I see. Oh. Yeah. So your parents would have your friends over and Well, not at the house. Okay. What a tangent this is. Where are we? Family to fill a hole? <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> not since oh. you moved to Australia. Oh <laughs> <laughs> not since the incident. We <laughs> 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 don't talk about it. Uh, <laughs> oh man. Oh boy. No, yeah. There you go. Maybe like a Bar mitzvah or something is what you're talking about. I don't know. Maybe. I'm trying to picture what this hall is full of people. Always ended in Lady in Red. <laughs> you know? Those kind of events. <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to let you. I mean, I think you're alone on that one. I'm sorry yeah. to say. I wish I could relate. Speaking of being alone. Yes. <laughs> if there's anyone. No, um, <laughs> I'm really, I'm, I'm really vibing with you. And I'm going to share a weird analogy for songwriting that I think you might get. And this could be a big gamble because you might be like, I don't get that. What the fuck? Pure joy. <laughs> Tell me. It's Throw very it odd and I don't understand it. But I feel James. <laughs> that sounds, is this my autobiography? <laughs> <laughs> it's very odd and I don't understand it. James is making this face of like this better fucking I'm payoff. So ready. Oh, I'm so ready. you wound this up now, man. <laughs> okay. I feel like songwriting. And I, I, I'm saying this because I think judging on this song, I think you write in a similar way. It's kind of like you're in a little rocket ship. You already lost. No, 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 no. And you rock it in through space and like you can't stop. However, you're like chucking out cargo out the back, and it's like little like little snapshots of where you are at that point in time. Ooh, yeah. You know? And it's like 
it doesn't float along with you. It's just like people can say like, oh, the the ship was there at that point and the ship was there at that point. Yeah. You know? I like that. I'm, yeah. I'm down with that. Okay. I, I approve. <laughs> James approves. I thought you meant like the songwriting process, at, like as it happens, it's like you're on this train, I can't get off now, like you're playing guitar and you're like, oh, words coming out my mouth. No, but as in the, the song's like your history sort of thing. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like leaving behind, like this is who I was at this moment and now I'm yeah. not them anymore, but that'll always be, like it'll always exist as a time that. capsule. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. That's much more eloquent than my analogy for songwriting that I gave to someone the other day. I can't remember who it was. Oh, that's right, yeah. I go, no, anyway. There's a friend of mine from uh, a meetup group that I go to and, like, we're talking about music and stuff. Mm. It's really nice to talk to people about musicians sometimes. James. Musician-ish. <laughs> hey. Uh. How are you saying on one of the episodes that you're not a musician? I, I'm not really. Like, I'd, musical theatre would be the most that uh, I would yeah. consider myself a singer and a dancer and a performer. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, you're, an art, you're an artistic person. I am. I'm a creative, you might yes, say. Yes, I'm a creative. Oh, that mm. sounds like something from Harry Potter. I'm an artist. Yeah. So, yeah, no, now I don't want to say it because yours is much better. But oh. I said to him, I'm like, songwriting's like doing a poo. <laughs> <I love it. laughs> you, you get the urge. Like, it's bad for you if you try and hold it in. But if it's not ready, you don't force it because, it, like, you'll hurt yourself. It won't be good. So accurate. <laughs> Very good. So That's angry at how accurate one. that is. No, man, yours is so much better. <laughs> it's so much more eloquent. But, hey, uh, that's me. I can oh. just imagine my fiance is going to listen to this and just shake his head like, oh, Danelle, can't take you anywhere. <laughs> I'm going to think about that more often than I'd like. That's too, too accurate. It's going to be the little thing in the back analogy. of the head. Oh, boy. I feel like we should say at least one more thing so that that isn't what we end on. I want, oh, it. I want so oh badly no. to end on that. I That's so good. went uh, an hour without talking about excrement. <laughs> well, do you have anything you'd like to plug uh, coming up? Yeah, um, we've got a gig coming up at the Trifford, actually. Fantastic. Which is really cool because it's a great venue and I've always wanted to play there. I've been to so many good shows there. So mm-hmm. we're supporting the Mason Rack Band and I think, ooh, I think it's Whiskey Grin is on with us as well. Hmm. I'm going to have to fact check that. But, yeah, we're really excited for that. So that's the 21st, which is Sunday. Great. Fantastic. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Alex, do you have anything coming up? Uh, oh, fuck, I always forget to check my own stuff. Damn it. Oh, no. You say a thing. Um, that's great. That you're. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been to any good shows at the Trifford? I actually, I don't think I've been to any shows at the Trifford, no. Oh, serious? Yeah. It's like an old air, airplane hangar. That's what, yeah. So it's got this Sweet. cool domed roof and I went and saw Thirsty Merc there. I'm like, oh, cool. Oh, I love God. Thirsty Merc. I love and so much. I um, like all well, 20 of the reasons. <laughs> <laughs> all, 20. all 20 of those reasons are very good. Um, That's a kind of creepy song as well. It is. So it's just it's like, like, you can't break up with me. No, give me, give me yeah. 20 reasons. 20. Well, it's so arbitrary. It's a lot yeah, of yeah. reasons. <laughs> Why isn't no enough of a reason? <laughs> Damn. Um, hey, Alex, oh, uh, just, just uh, off the top of my head. Do you have um, anything coming up? Any, uh... Yeah, look, I actually don't for a while. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I just had my gig with Aiden Bradley on the 17th at uh, Rick's. That's in the past now. That's in the past. That's already Hopefully happened. it was a success. Ooh. Yeah. Um, but I will be doing my single launch in December, and I'm probably going to be not doing any gigs for a while. So that that's is probably going to be idea. building the hype. So feel free to buy a ticket to what, that. The yeah. 17th, what date is that? Uh, 17th of October. 17th of October is a Wednesday. Hey, I'm yep. going to come watch you Ooh. in the past. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. time you travel ca- is possible. You will have 
Hopefully it was. You were great, by the way. Thank you. Mm. I can't believe I forgot the words to Little Automaton again. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry I had to miss it. Like, I got called in by the government. They wanted me for a special project. It's fine. Like, I don't like how accurate these are all going to be. Yeah, but if you you like my music, which you won't have heard, because we haven't played any of my music this episode. We got to (laughs) do... Oh, okay. Never mind. I'm a musician called Your Man Alex Smith. You can find me on Bandcamp, Spotify, and iTunes. However, we have a wonderful guest here. And uh, and would you like to do your plugs? And do you want to talk a little bit about the song we're going to listen to? And Yeah, where is your stuff available? Where can people yeah, yeah. find your music? Okay, we're on all good streaming platforms, Woo-hoo. digital, whatever. Um, we're on Spotify and iTunes and Apple Music. So we've got our song Fandom and I Wish My Exes Live in Texas. That's all available there. Cool. Uh, and this song... Uh, is called fandom because the chord progression is F A minor D minor. Oh, and that's very good. Like I'm just trying to think of names, and I'm I just we when we write out like what we're going to rehearse, we just I write the chord progression. I'm like, eh, hey, all right, all right. that's cool. I like <laughs> so, that. Yeah, it's a bit of a powder finger thing because you know they got a song called D A F. Yeah, the chords are D A F. Nice. So. <laughs> Nice. I wonder if in 10 years I'm going to look back. and but You know how I said I wanted to write a song with brackets in the title? Mm. Yeah. I wonder if I'm going to look back and be like, Ugh, <laughs> fandom, no, really? We'll have you back on the show then yeah. and then we can do it about. Let's do that. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Our second podcast. My song still sucks. <laughs> Continue to. <laughs> uh, uh, fantastic. Well, uh, let's have a listen, shall we? Shall we? Indeed. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. Thanks Thank so you. much for having me. It's been a pleasure. It's been an absolute pleasure.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 